Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 184 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined by a man who is uh, currently in Australia's capital for petrol-related blowflies. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, Robbie. Yeah, it's all all happening over here. We can uh, we can we got the Formula Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix on. Um, this weekend, and uh, and certainly I can hear it from our house. The little wow! So any audio problems are on your end this week, not my end, because I managed to find a, a some sort of a cord to try and plug into my uh, microphone to actually see whether or not we can do something these days. I mean, it's a pretty good bit of a uh, bit of Hessian line that I've tied in there, and then just sort of Jerry rigged it back into the back of the computer. So so audio quality is a little bit better this time. Yeah, mate, much better. Sounds sounds much better. Actually, interesting. My um my little impersonation of the Formula One cars is brought up on Zoom here. That uh, are you playing music at the moment? Oh, really? Well, thanks for the little question, Zoom. No, it was not music. Oh, is but, is um, that because then they want to try and start stinging you for um, the royalties? <laughs> yes, you know? that's right. So it's, it's, it's Dr. Rabbi. Yeah, Edelstein's on your, uh, you know, on the on the line. Going, hang on, if that's someone that's broadcasting the Formula One, then we want to try and get some, uh, yeah, get get some money out of them. Um, mate, we were we were in town last week. So we had the um the run for the kids on the on the Sunday, and so they had in Southbank all the, um, yeah, the Mercedes and Ferrari and all those places that they were setting up to sell their merch. And yeah, Ruben loves the color orange, and now he's got into cars, and so he's gone on oh, McLaren because McLaren's orange. Oh, can I go up and can I go up and, and see how much the McLaren hats are? Yeah, ooh, mate, ooh, you can go ooh. and give it a shot and see. Ooh. And you're like, eighty dollars wow. for a cap. Wow. Eighty dollars just for just for wearing what you for one cap. And like, and I'm 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 dead certain that whichever the sweatshop it came out of in uh in China probably did not. Uh, you know, they were they weren't paying you know, reasonable market rates for that to be a, a reasonable exchange. Eighty dollars for a cap, Lewis. Have wow. you ever paid that much for anything to cover your head other than a toupee? <laughs> Very good, man. I like that. Very good. Uh, a compliment, a slap at the same time. <laughs> no, look. Did, did you then? Did you then say, "Hey, mate, look. Here's here's a black and white one I got for two bucks fifty at the op shop here. I had put up that on the old Collingwood cap." Absolutely, and that was and that was the 2022 membership one too. It was fantastic, you know. It was still still current, still in date. They've they've, they've all been nuked in the microwave, haven't they, mate? I thought the 2022 memberships. Well, are you still on the still on Collingwood? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, mate, hot pies, hot pies. Yeah, we'll take that third quarter of uh, you know the game last week, and then uh, you know the capitulation for the last quarter. Yeah, sure. You know we're still there, young team, Lewis. Anyway, welcome to Two Vets Talk Football. Yeah. Yeah, and and car racing. I'm sure all our listeners are still tuned in because they're here to talk about animals, and we're talking about just things that we like as, Man, as well as animals. Well, yeah, random you know, stuff. Well, what, what else is going to get us out of bed in the morning, Lewis? Um, what, exactly. what has got you out of bed this week? Oh, mate, had a busy week this week. We had a couple yeah. of uh, had a did a um, an exploratory laparotomy on a oh, I forget what sort of dog it was. I think it was on a staffy. Right, and um, been to the emergency center and. Uh, been seen to um, to eat a crocheted blanket at home. Oh, wow. 
And so I've been vomiting for a couple of days, went to the emergency center. They did some x-rays. X-rays went, yep, there's something in the stomach. Uh, there's a fair bit of gas in the intestines too. It was some great x-rays. Well, not so great x-rays, but great for yeah. us from a veterinary nerdy perspective, I Diagnostic suppose. x-rays. Yes, yes. And so a dog came in and was like, yeah, all right, we've got to open up sort of thing. And, and open up, interestingly, talking to the owner, he had eaten the crocheted blankets, but but managed to vomit some pieces of it up. Yeah, so right. So like, well, you know, why hadn't it vomited up this sort of last segment that was um, that was in the intestine? And so oh, it was, it was, you could see it was in the stomach, but why hadn't it just vomited up with everything else? So went in there, opened up the stomach, and sure enough, big chunk of sort of blanket pulled out in a ball. But, but as I was sort of pulling it out, it then went down to one fine single length of wool. Right. And that, and I actually got a great video of it. I should uh, should put it on the socials, although it might might uh, might be a little bit icky for some icky. people. A bit but gross. then I pulled it, and as I pulled it, I reckon uh, maybe um, oh half a meter, three quarters of a meter of length of string, or, yeah. or I guess it's I guess it's wool, had actually gone down into the small intestine. So I was just very gently, wow. just thinking, please don't break, please don't break, just teasing yeah. it up, teasing it up, and uh, and yet yeah, it, it came out. So obviously had that bit of you know that sort of bit of trailing wool not going into the intestines and cause a linear what we call linear string foreign body um it probably would have vomited up so and and then it was a classic case of because it was such a sort of a deep chest dog it was very hard to get to the the the, like the stomach up near the esophagus yeah. like right up there and so i was really feeling around and trying it and there's a lot of food in the stomach which is surprising right. yeah yeah it seems it vomited so much and and um and so you know it's very hard to get up to that that high end of the stomach just to make sure. I thought, what if there's a little bit in the esophagus or something like that? Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I think it turned out all right, and you know, obviously checked the rest of the intestines, and they seemed all fine. And went home, and uh, oh, Bob's your uncle, the owner, of course. When I rang them up, wanted uh, it was a male owner. I mean, not yeah, not, you know, not, not saying who might be the crocheter in the house. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, was he the crocheter? Well, no, we didn't sort of go into it, but he did say to me, in perhaps a little bit of an upset voice, saying, "Look, could you keep that?" bit of the blanket because I would like to be able to show it at home. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't know where you're it going. It might have been this. his great Arnie Doris's, you know, uh, heirloom crochet blanket. Might have been passed down in the family since 1836. Oh, so you think he's going to wash it and uh, and, um, and, and and start re-stitching it again? Yeah, put it back together again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Humpty Dumpty style. Hey, now, um, I, I've got a, I've got an interesting thing, you know, it's just, it's just been sort of piqued my mind, Lewis, as you're telling me the story. Um. I wonder whether or not, as that uh, that linear foreign body was moving through, whether it would you know, oh, it might have just been that it was just slowly unspooling. So it could have actually been that that little bit was slowly going to be making its way through, and then the dog would have ended up pooing it out. You might have had to start just to, to, to just start trying to trail it out the bum. Well. Yeah, that's a possibility, and probably when it just come out came out the bum, you'd have to just hook it onto a pencil. Yeah, you just, just slowly just wind the, it up. Yeah, just wind it up every day. Just say, look, just give two turns on the, on the, on the, <laughs> just, just wind up the back end. Um, and look, by, by Christmas, I reckon. It should be the, out. The, the full, the full ball of wool will be wound around that pencil and, and we won't need to do, do any surgery. I mean, wow. we'll be for a while. Imagine that. Imagine that poor <laughs> Staffy running around, you know, with a, with a little stick attached to its bum. All the other dogs want to try and grab the stick that's attached to its bum. No, you can't grab that stick because that stick's attached to the string that's coming all the way through its intestines. 
So, you know. And what you could be doing, I mean, if if Arnie Doris was in the house, she could be getting the end of the string and while it's coming out, she could be knitting a coat for the dog. Wow. So that it's actually, and every, you know, you should be able to put every couple of days, put another line on the coat of the dog coming out of its bottom. Yes. wearing a lovely poo brown coat, I guess. Uh, Maybe she could have been making it a pair of pants as it was coming out. So, so, so rather than. Uh, yeah, un- unspooling it, but they're actually uh, uh, crocheting it around the dog as it comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. Yeah, that's what you coat. mean. Oh, right. I making thought you meant that she's just going to be just sort of trailing behind, just making no. another coat. No, no, oh. no. Okay. Or, or perhaps a, t- a tail cover, just a, it's a long, you know, kind of tail sock thing. Was it a male dog or a female dog? Yes. I, I think actually it was a male dog, yes, because we joked about um, – whether we castrate at the same time. Oh, right. Okay. Being a staffy, yeah. you know, it's often some, some owners don't want to. Yeah. Anyway. So, 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 so the chance of the male dog having an entire male staffy being a crocheter, are we, are we still trying to think whether or not this is a, a, a high possibility as far as trying to profile this owner or not? Well, interestingly, they weren't the standard profile. I know we shouldn't profile owners and their no, dogs, no. but we, we never do that. No, never. It never. It, and they might be listening. Look, they were a lovely owner. Yeah, let's, let's leave it at that. It's because yeah, they may well be a good listener of the podcast. And if you are listening, the owner of the staff, I can't remember your name, the dog's name, but it's all changed anyway. Uh, we'll go to Patreon. Uh, <laughs> two vets talk, talk pets. Uh, hey, support hey, us on Patreon. Thank you very much. Um, that that'd be great. Hey, did, did you send that staffy home with a, an Elizabethan collar, Lewis, after the surgery to stop yeah. him from having to go with his stitches? Yes, of course. Yeah. How would have you felt? Had have you seen your dog with an Elizabethan collar then running down around at the park? Sorry, what do you mean? If I'd seen that dog if running, if you'd seen, seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, say you'd recommended Ooh. having an owner with an Elizabethan collar around their dog. How many times do you reckon you would have Elizabethan collars on dogs that then you'd be happy seeing them running around oh, a golf dog never, park? Never, but see it all the time. Yeah, yeah. As, as we had a um, we, we were um taking Rosie for a little walk down to the offie the other day, and she was um, as this dog absolutely happy as a lark, just with the this Elizabethan collar just oh. flopping around everywhere. She's going, look, I'm oh. I'm free, I'm doing this, and of course Christina and I were looking and just going, oh. God, you know, it's mm. one of those times where you come and go, oh, yeah, no, I, I think you've done something wrong with the surgery for the wound to have broken down or for it all swollen <laughs> up, you know. Yeah. You sure you did it right in there, you know? Yeah. It looks like the scrotum's grown back again. Is that because you're the, the testicles are grown back? <laughs> no, no. Have you actually been walking? What sort of exercise have you been doing? Oh, I've been running around the off-league dog park because yeah. this seems fine. Oh, I don't, they'd never admit to that, mate. Never admit. It'd be all, oh, no, I'm just taking for a little leads to go to the toilet, little walks to go to the toilet. On leads, yes. yep, no worries. And then I had a dog, did have a dog that I – I saw one day that um, uh, it was a cavy and had, had some spinal issues. I thought, oh, it's a bit sore in its back, you know. Yeah. Always a concern about this problem. Look, let's, I think you need to really rest the dog. I want straight yes. rest for 10 days. Here's some anti-inflammatories. You know, this this will get better. Next day, I saw the owner and the dog off lead running across the road to walk, go down to the beach. Jeez, those anti-inflammatories must have worked wonders. Oh, no, isn't that the thing? Isn't that what you, you say that? Look, he's going to feel a lot better on the on the anti-inflammatories, but please still rest him because if he does pop that disc, it's not fun. It's not no. Fun. We don't. We don't want to prolapse disc. So, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it is a classic case, and that's why I try and avoid the dog parks locally, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit better for your own emotion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, um, 
Yeah. Now, uh, we've had we've both had a bit of a uh, bit of a time making things vomit this week. Do you want to uh, do you want to have a bit of a vomit off and see who's more impressive? Let yeah. me go. Let me go first. Yeah, you um, go first. Yeah. So, uh, so we're rapidly approaching Easter, and as this day, all of our regular listeners, you know, thank you very much for returning and for sticking with us over all these many years. Because you know, we always talk about then our Easter problems at this time of the year, and you know, so we've and, always. Well, spoke- yeah, well, thank you to the five listeners as well that sent me the uh, sent uh, the Easter hampers out to us, mate. That was that was great. I really love receiving those. I assume you got yours too, Robbie. The, the uh, yeah, Easter oh, hampers. Yeah, yeah. No, they were they oh. were great, actually. Thank oh. you. Yeah. Oh, anyway, move on, mate. So uh, back uh, to moving on from there. Yep. Um, yep. So, uh, so uh, literally, while I was writing our um, our Easter newsletter yesterday to send out to let everyone know at, um, hours that were open and closed and all that sort of stuff over the public holidays. Um, I heard the nurses on the phone, someone ringing up saying, oh, yeah, my dog's just eaten, uh, eaten some, uh, some hot cross buns. You know, what should I do? Come on in, come on through. So, um, so we got this, met this lovely guy. He's a new new client. He usually, because he's got a greyhound, usually would take. Said he usually takes his dog to one of the greyhound vets, but then they were, um, they were busy, and so he rang up another vet, and they said, well, yeah, it'd probably be okay at that size. And another one said, oh. Yeah, no, look, you, should, you know, maybe we could make a vomit. Maybe we shouldn't. Wow. Then he rang us up and it's like, oh, yeah, come straight down and we'll try and yeah. make a vomit. So he's going, yeah. well, that's good. That sounded like someone that's proactively wants to actually do something. So, yes. so in comes his beautiful big greyhound. And um, so I've used the the apomorphine, the, um, the, the, the vomiting inducing medication. I do it by, I pop it down in the conjunctival sac of their eye. Um, so interesting. We have, I'm really going to segue off here, mate, straight yeah. on. But at work, we have conjecture between vets as to how we give the apomorphine. Right. So myself, yes, love the eye. Love yes. the eye. Don't love it because it does tend to irritate a little bit. And, yep. and yeah, I will always worry about a little ulcer or something forming. Yes, it's irritating. Do love it because I can flush it out and the dog mm-hmm. will stop vomiting. Yep. I have another vet at work who swears by a sub, sub cut, you know, give yep. an injection, and a third vet who does it IV. Yes. So, so, and there's pros and cons to them all, but I'm pleased I've got a, an ally there. We're probably the same era, I suppose, of, of graduation. Yeah. And, and and the thing I like, the third thing I like about the eye is often if it's subcatter IV, they'll give a serenium injection, which will yes. reverse the vomiting or stop the vomiting from happening. So everything's come up from the dog, you know, you're happy. But often with those ones, they'll keep vomiting. So they've got to give a, an, well, I suppose, an antidote, if that's how you want to put it, but something to stop the vomiting. And then I always think if they're a Labrador and they go home and then they eat another big Easter bunny chocolate and they come in, how am I going to make them vomit again when they've got Serenia, which lasts 12 hours or whatever it's going to last? Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway. So sorry, mate, just to, I'm pleased we were in agreement there. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I guess we'll leave a gap here for just in case you need to cut it out, but no, I don't know, do that. Cause I don't, I don't you don't time. have to cut it out. No, yeah, right. we'll talk um, about it later then. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, um, so yeah, uh, so, so gave the Greyhound the, um, the Apo and up came these enormous, chunks of hot cross wow. bun enormous wow. chunks of hot cross bun um and i went back in and said to them, look great success um good news is you know your dog must have thought it was doing the wrong thing because it tried to hoover them up pretty quickly so it must have enjoyed the taste of it so at least they've all come out and they look reasonably pretty well intact so hopefully there won't be that much in the way of uh you know other contents still in there and then gave it the injection and all that so set it home with some charcoal um but uh yeah so that was my uh my vomit and just as you know for any listeners that don't want to go back and listen to last year's easter episode 
grapes grapes and sultanas and raisins can potentially cause kidney issues in some dogs. We don't know what, we don't know why, we don't know which dogs are going to be affected. So we usually try and make them all vomit. Well, at least we do. The other the other two clinics may not have, but that's certainly the way that we approach it. Interesting. Yeah, well, I'm certainly of that opinion as well. I mean, even I think even sort of a couple of you know sultanas or grapes, I'm I'm quite concerned as well. Definitely like you, no doubt yeah. about it. it's worth worth vomiting. Definitely, yeah, for yeah. sure. But yeah, this um this week we uh we had a uh around the bay. I don't know if you did around your part of the bay, but we had a lot of blue bottle jellyfish ah, uh, right. washed up on the shore um around around the bay. And and the only reason we knew is it was Saturday morning and we just started getting phone calls from owners saying my dog just ate a blue bottle. Right. And, and it wasn't just one. We had, uh, we had three for the day that rang. Wow. And so the first one that rang, we were like scrambling. Cause you don't, we don't get many blue bottles in our area washed up Port Phillip Bay sort of pretty protected. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, obviously been blown off course, shall we say, I think. Um, but, uh, and so sort of the first one that rang, we were a little bit scrounging, you know, we're all sort of uh, checking references and looking at books and certainly not going to Google because that's, that's not what we would do. But, no, no. But, but it was sort of like, well, you know, and in the end we thought, well, you know, yes, obviously when they eat it, they could get stung around the mouth. So yes, we do need to get you in to check. There's no swelling, you know, mm. uh, and then obviously no trouble we've got breathing, to, things like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got to, uh, we've got to use gloves ourselves because we can get stung. So, you know, we had um, a student vetness, a vet student with us who sort of, uh, we said, oh, you know, make sure you put gloves on. They're like, why would I need to wear gloves? And we're like, well, cause we might get stung and that's not ideal. So that was, that was sort of interesting. And then we're sort of the thought, well, so we've eaten a blue bottle. Do we make them vomit mm. and run the risk of maybe it's going to sting them coming back up back again? Up. Yeah. Or do we leave it in the stomach knowing that, do we know that the digestive juices are going to break it down or is that going to make it more sick? And it wasn't a lot of information. It was 50-50 on what we were researching to vomit or not to vomit. So yes. we ended up- It means that no one way was going to be definitely any better it, than the others. Exactly. Yeah. So we thought, look, yeah, perhaps we better do something. So we did make them vomit and they came up in almost perfect shapes of how they'd been eaten. You know. Lovely. Yeah. Got some great photos. Uh, yeah. I think I sent you a couple of them. You did yet. Yeah. And so, and then we just you sort of admitted the dogs and just monitored them, but none of them really had any ill effects, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but really, really interesting. Yeah. We do get, yeah, we, we've had starfish as well that have been washed up. I think that I put one on social media of a dog that we call starfish George. Now, every time he comes in, because he needed about five starfish and they all came up totally intact when he vomited. Right. No guesses what, uh, what uh, breed starfish yes. George is. A Labrador, of course. <laughs> maybe yeah. be a Labrador. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, so that, that was interesting. Certainly, you know, all new stuff for us and, you know, trying to scramble and work out what are we going to do? So, but obviously the dogs turned out all right. So we did the right thing. Win a winner, win a winner, blue bottle dinner, mate. You know, yeah, how good's that? Yeah, that you didn't yeah. you didn't sort of put them in a little bit of a salt and pepper crumb, and then just you know whack, whack them in some as well. Maybe 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 panko or something like that. You know, good thought, good thought. Maybe well, oh no, actually I won't say that. No, it could have uh, sent them down to a local shop for to cook up and make something yummy out. A of nice stew. Shop. A yeah, nice, possibly. nice, nice blue bottle stew. Mm. Why not? Mm. Yeah, definitely, excellent, definitely excellent. Anyway, mate, will we move on to sponsors? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Zilkeen, uh, you know, the good the good people at Zilkeen, once again, great sponsors of this show, uh, been supporters with us for a long time, and which is great because uh, I actually think their product's pretty good, Lewis. How about you? Yeah, fantastic, yeah. mate. No, no, really, really good. Um, and we talked last week uh, 
uh, about some grieving pets and certainly a good situation there that you can use it if you've got, you know, lost one of your pets or something like that, that uh, it's often a really good uh, mild anxiety, low med- medication that you can get over the counter. So you don't need a script. Um, and uh, certainly I love using it, mate. Definitely. Yeah. Very I'd, good I'd, stuff. Um, I had some people that were uh, going on a long trip and they were uh, like a very long trip and they were wanting to uh, try and work out, okay, right, so what what can we use for um, for our dog to try and help to reduce down the anxiety? And I said, well, you know, the, the hard thing is because you're going for such a long time, you know, it's always going to be pretty difficult, you know, because at some stage I could then wake up out of it. But why not try some Zilkeen and get them in yeah. the car and try and see whether or not you can try and desensitize them. So, so they're going to try that. They're going away for a few weeks. They're going to do it the week leading up to um, do the trip and then the week uh the week before they come back as well Very so, nice. so see whether that might help to take some uh, take some of the tension away from their wonderful hound excellent and also a big thank you to delicate care our food sponsor the australian made australian owned uh full of all uh all good ingredients uh they've got the the dogs have got the dental version uh the skin and stomach uh, i've got mobility sport which uh, next month i think uh we're uh is a, is a is a bit of a mobility month i think may they're having a bit of a promo coming up so stay tuned to, to hear about that certainly coming into winter with arthritis and things like yes. that so so you can certainly look out for that we'll uh we'll certainly be giving a bit more information maybe even a giveaway they've talked about maybe next Ooh, month. So stay nice. tuned everyone to get your free bag of delicate care but but potentially, allegedly, allegedly, possibly, uh, to, we'll see. Yeah, possibly, yeah, we'll see what right. happens. But Silly talks, talks, aren't we? Thank, thank them very much for their support by going and buying a bag of it at your local vet clinic. Definitely, yeah, excellent. And also, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. We do uh, really appreciate you guys, and especially the owner of the staffy. Thank you so much for for uh, coming on board next week. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yes, yeah. As a, yeah. And 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 we'll and we'll try and auction off the um uh, Arnie Doris's uh, crochet jumper that she's sort of st- stitching up um from outside of the derriere of the of the of the alleged you know, maybe, staffy. Maybe she could be stitching a little, just a little uh, warmer for the for the extra appendages that that we we're going to cut off there. Just a little, just a little cup, a little uh, little. Should we say a testicle warmer? Perhaps, I, th- I think. Maybe maybe like a, a Scottish sporran or something like yeah, that. I think that's the, uh, the, yeah. the traditional dress of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Nice. Cool. Very good. Very good. Awesome. Um, uh, what have you got in the news this week, mate? I've got uh, – this is something my dad sent me. Uh, oh. N- uh, n- number, number the real four. Dr. Kirkham. That's right. Number four listener, the pod number four. Yeah. I forget yeah. where we're up to. <laughs> anyway, but uh, thank you, Dad, for sending this through. This was this is from the insider.com. Um, and it's a veterinarian share 10 ways you could be making your dog angry Ooh. without realizing. I think angry is an interesting term. I, I don't know. There's a lot of emotions involved with angry, but uh, I, I should yeah. mean uh, upset, aggressive, maybe. I don't know. Yes. Let's see. Uh, good dog owners want to keep their pets healthy and happy, but communication between pups and people isn't always straightforward. So Insider asked veterinarians about the things dog owners do that could make their pets angry or irritated. Number one. Number one, taking away a bone. If we're doing family Uh, feud, is it on the list? Is it there? Uh, No. No. (laughs) Number one, blowing on your dog can cause aggression. Oh, yes. So have you... Have you, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever blown on Rosie and she got aggressive at all? 
Look, um, there, there are times when, when Come Rosie on, and I are having a little bit of a play and, um, and you know, I sort of go, little, and she goes, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right. Go get your toy. And it's often a thing of where then she'll go and, um, she'll go and grab her toy and it's almost like a signal for us to start playing. Right. Okay. So yeah. going directly on her face or just a quick in the, you know, just general in the general direction. area, just yeah, a general right. area. I don't like get right up into her face trying to give her CPR or anything like that. Like she's, you know, you know, at 30 compressions, then a quick, you know, you know, right. mouth over the nose and just, think, you know. I think they're talking about a real like, up close and a real short, sharp blow on the face. I think we're right, talking about. Okay. So, veterinarian Agni, Agni Vutsuni, I'm sorry, I think I butchered her name, co-founder of the well pet wellbeing app Strelka, told Insider that many dogs hate when their owners accidentally or intentionally blow air in their faces. Blowing air can startle and confuse dogs, she said it can be misinterpreted as an aggressive behavior and can even cause snapping. Well, that's true. Mm. Uh, she added the blowing air can dry out a dog's nose and oh, cause terrible. a dis- disorientating loss of their sense of smell. Wow. That must be blowing pretty hard in there. To yeah. Try that's and blow a long... the sense of smell out. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's the, uh, where's the scientific the old... basis on that one. Yeah. Got out the air blower out from the, the garage, I think, and just really that dry out the nose. That's interesting. <laughs> right. Anyway, number two, prolonged staring can be perceived as a threat. I certainly Ooh, agree this one. Okay. This sounds yep. good. I got another vet on this one. Veterinarian Michelle Birch of Safe Hounds Pet Insurance. I wonder if the inside is sponsored by all these things. Ooh, anyway, maybe. no one would ever be influenced by a sponsor, would they? Surely not. Not, not, no. not. not independent veterinary no, bodies no. and and you know um articles and podcasts no 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 no, no way no. no and if you're gonna no conflict of inf- interest at all no if you're gonna stare at your dog though do put them on some zilkeen because i think yes. that yeah yeah that'll make them calmer for that staring but, but anyway. don't put it on your don't put it on your hands and then blow it into their face like fairy dust no do not do that so veterinary Michelle Birch of Safe Hounds Pet Insurance told Insider that staring into your dog's eyes may make them very uncomfortable. They may see it threatening. I do agree. Initiating a staring contest with your dog while you are stiff and not moving can anger your pet, Birch said. Can single that you are a potential threat. I do agree with that. As some dogs do see it as very threatening. Birch recommend only looking into a dog's eyes for a few seconds before diverting your gaze to avoid being seen as aggressive. So look into the eye, look around the eyes, not into the eyes, not in the eyes, yeah. around the eyes, three, two, one, you're under. Hey, that, and and the, that's written. actually pretty tough for us for um, uh, with being vets when we're actually looking in animals' eyes, you mm. know, and shining lights in their eyes and things mm. like that, isn't it? You know, it's a bit, um, I, I do, very scary. I do wonder with, um, with the ophthalmologist, how they deal with it. Sometimes they've got an aggressive dog that, uh, yeah, they've got to basically stare at their eyes, which they can see is quite mm. threatening. Definitely. Uh, number three, some dogs may be, may be uncomfortable around children. Yes. Someone who has written a book called yep. Tell Your Dog You're Pregnant. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't pumped this up for a while. Tell Your Dog You're Pregnant. Essentially I haven't heard about dog, that book before. Dog owners who are expecting a baby. We haven't pumped that for a long time. No. Sales have been dipping. So, look, if you've got a someone expecting a pet in the you – now we're, we're not influenced someone by expecting sponsorship. A pet. <laughs> not, so we're not influenced by sponsorship. If, someone, if you're expecting a baby, if you've got a dog or a cat in the house, check out my book. It's for sale at any good Amazon, goodbabyandpet.com.au. Hey, Thanks so real- much, guys. A great sponsor of the podcast. Um, really good. Um, and look, head down to Waverley Animal Clinic if your dog's unwell. 
Robbie and will see was, you there. It's just realizing that you've actually got quite a few cardboard boxes in the background there that don't usually you don't have. Is that the uh, the latest printing run? It is, mate. Yeah. Spot oh, there on. you go. Yeah. yeah. Ship shipping's been difficult. This, this everyone knows that shipping's taken a while. So I actually ordered this four years ago. So it's, yeah, it's right. It's just come in, just come in today. It's the new updated day. edition. And and tell me, are you putting any two vets talk pet stickers inside of the books as you're sending them every off? single one? Every gets single a two one. vets talk pets flyer. Woo! Flyer. A not flyer. A sticker. Oh, right, okay. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Veterinarian Stacy. Oh gosh, Stacy Johnson of Pumpkin Pet Insurance. <laughs> Right. Wow! Right, so we've had yep. we've had we had an app called Strelka, Safe House Pet Insurance, Two Vets yep. Talk Pets. Oh no, sorry, Baby and Pet. Yeah. Tell your doggy pregnant, essential guide for dog owners expecting a baby. Pumpkin Pet Insurance told Insider that some dogs may experience anxiety around young guests. Yes, some pets don't enjoy being bombarded by the attention of unruly children. She said it can lead even otherwise calm pets to lash out. Uh, Stacy recommend Dr. Stacy recommended making sure your dog has a kid free area to retreat into if they struggle to cope with children. Definitely good or idea. Even better, get a copy of my book. This is great. This and, is great. and 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 a, and a nice container of zilkine. Yeah, yes, and some food. We might be giving away some bags of food. Delicious. Yes. Anyway, it's not sponsored at all. This 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 one. Dogs can get angry when their sleep is disturbed. Uh, oh. So this one, this one's brought to you. So by, you, did um, you say, did you say um, Christina or? Oh, ooh, wow. No, no, number, no, no. She, number, she gets quite cross when her sleep gets, gets number disturbed. two listener of the podcast, mate. You're really <laughs> sinking the slipper that you really want to go down here, mate. She, she's sure? listened to the imperfects. Now she's listening to Hugh Van Kylenberg. Yeah. She doesn't listen to our podcast anymore. That's a great no, but no, none of our listeners should listen to it. No, no, it's a great no. podcast. Actually. I do enjoy that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one this as pets can have their sleep interrupted can become and can become irritated. Uh Birch said from uh Sealy Posti Pedic mattresses. Right, okay. Um, this can happen when owners move them or allow children into a room. Birch added that older dogs may be more prone to sleep disruption, irritation due to impaired hearing. Um uh, said um, said Reg from Cochlear Implants, which may make them more scared by the sudden change. Well, that's true. Certainly, sleep let sleeping dogs lie. Lie, yes. An ancient a proverb. Yes, not a myth. Exactly. Uh, hugging can make a dog uncomfortable. A tight embrace can cause a dog to become angry and distressed. Most it certainly dogs makes actually, you uncomfortable. Yes, most dogs don't. Dogs actually don't enjoy hugs as placing your arms around their body can be perceived as a threat. Did you want to, uh, any, any, anything about Christine you want to bring in into that, mate, at all? Is that, that's Loves all Loves hugs. Well, yeah. Loves hugs. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's that, sometimes hugs. that's the only way I can calm her down after I've woken her up. Yeah, wake up with a hug. <laughs> that wouldn't go so well. All right. So simply allow your dog to cuddle against you on their own terms without forcing yourself into their space. That's certainly true. But you yep. see a lot on the internet. You know, cuddles, people cuddling their pet. They think it's really cute. You've really got to watch their body language. Look for those ears. Look yeah. for the licking of the lips. Look for the yawning. Uh, look for the dilated pupils, the flicking of the tail on the cat, which you might talk about cat tails in a minute. Even worse when you see the um, pictures of little babies going out and hugging dogs and the dogs are just so absolutely rigid. And it's like, oh, God, that mm. is a disaster waiting mm. to happen. As someone who's written a book, uh, tell your dog you're pregnant. Oh, have you? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, I, used to, I get sent videos and and what's 
deemed as cute interactions regularly. And it's it's not fun. So no. I don't enjoy watching them. They really give me the scary. Heebie-jeebies, definitely. Uh, now, I forgot what number we're up to, but we're getting near 10. Vacuuming awesome. the house may be triggering your dog's anger. Dogs hear much more acutely than humans, which means that loud sounds like vacuuming can make them stressed and even angry, said Dr. Vutusni from Dyson uh, Vacuum Cleaners. To keep your dog comfortable, place them in another room while you vacuum with your Dyson or arrange for them to be taken for a walk. Very good. Number one after the last one. Pushing a shy dog to socialise with other pups or people may cause more harm than good. It's important not to force dogs to socialise when they don't want to, as this can lead to anger and aggression i'm not sure about it. i'm not sure what anger means but certainly aggression mm. according to the the if your dog seems to fear socialization socializing you should simply go out for more walks and spend time in crowded parks to help them get more comfortable around others now that, are, you, are you gonna throw a flag on that one mate i don't agree with that that's what's called flooding yeah um, and that could potentially make your dog worse if they are fearful in um, environments with people they don't know or pets they don't know, just saying, get over it, here you go, go and do it, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't work very well. Not, not mm. a big fan of that at all. You're much better sitting off a long way from other people or crowded areas and feeding your dog some treats and watching their body language again, making sure they're calm and comfortable at, at that distance before you, you know, it's nothing worse than seeing a dog that's so stressed in a massive, um, in a massive crowd environment, like the, the, you know, the school fate or the school fair is mm. a classic one. Lots of kids around, lots of stressed dogs and everyone wants to take their pets and oh, it's just a recipe for disaster. So yeah. really watch your dog's body language. They seem shy around socialize, you know, other people or other dogs, maybe get some help for them if needed or, or avoid the situation um, is a much better option. Dogs don't like being pulled away from interesting smells. Ah, Mm. Outdoor like, smelling like, like little coats that are coming out the back of Staffy's bums. <laughs> yes, like pencils wrapped with wool. With wool, yes. Outdoor smelling helps dogs connect with other dogs and is a part of their natural instincts. Vutsuni told Insider. Preventing this behavior can lead to anger. Mm. Has Rosie ever been angry at you for pulling her away from sniffing a Something in the park? She got angry? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, she's always worried. I wouldn't say she's angry. Yeah, always I worried. I don't think a dog gets angry too much. I guess unless they're sniffing something that they really want to eat, and you then pull them away, and they get a bit upset. Maybe like when it, when it goes to like resource guarding, almost. Yeah, 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 like yeah, exactly. Yeah, spot on. Try to schedule enough time for walks to allow your dog to indulge their net natural scent curiosity. Said uh, Viscuzzi from Glade um, Toilet Spray. Interesting. Excellent. Yeah, yeah fine toilet spray. There. Yeah, so. Well, certainly allowing dog to sniff on a walk is really important. It's part of having a walk, that, that enrichment and enjoying it. It's not all yeah. about going for a run and exercise. Um, so certainly, but I'm not sure it'll make your dog angry. Certainly, certainly nice to let them do that though. Uh, pinch or choke collars may cause anger and health issues. I'm yes. glad you said collars. I thought you were just going to say just pinching or choking your dog will make them angry. Well, yes. Thank you very much, Captain Obvious. Yes. Well, no. thank you very much, Caesar Milan. Yeah, well, yeah, wow. there was a, well, hang on, hello. Yeah, going, this going is back this, to the well. This bit's not brought to by Caesar Milan. He's not commenting on this. No, the dog, the dog whisperer. No, 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 not a fan. Choke and pinch collars are meant to deter a dog from pulling on their leash by squeezing the neck, but these can actually be harmful. Pinch and choke collars can cause a wide range of undesirable behaviors, anger, and even respiratory concerns. 
Chosinski said, these collars should especially be avoided in breeds that are predisposed to trachea collapse, which severely compromises the dog's airway, such as pugs. I would say they should be avoided in all breeds. Not mm. a fan of the, the pinch and the choke collars at all. Since instead, Chokoski recommend using a body harness with a leash clip on the chest. I do like that. Front attached harnesses are much better for pulling. Negative reinforcement can upset dogs. Is number, number 10. Here we go. Negative reinforcement technically is the taking away of something to increase the chance that the dog will display that behavior in the future. So negative reinforcement is the practice of punishing a dog to deter them from unwanted behavior. Oh, wow. Not sure that's quite right. But Bert said it may not have the desired effect. This technique can make your dog mad and actually create aggression rather than appropriate behavior, Birch told Insider. Instead of relying on punishment to correct bad habits, try rewarding your dog with positive attention each time they demonstrate good behavior. I do like that. That's good. C- certainly do like that. Not sure that quite got the definition right uh, of negative reinforcement. But anyway, certainly rewarding what you want to see and perhaps trying to ignore what you don't want mm. to see is, is a much better philosophy to go about. So there you go, mate. Um Great little article there. Made us um, bring in some wonderful new sponsors. Potential Absolutely. sponsors to the Potent- podcast. So sometimes they're going to try before they buy, Lewis, to try and see whether or not they want to actually jump on board. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about a disclaimer? Um, all advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following advice to your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification. Right. All right, I'm straight back into it, mate. I uh, got got a good article here about um, take a breath, cats. take a take a sip, and then away you go. Yeah, cats, uh, cat tails, and their body language. Yeah, you know, these are these are behaviour things. I love these things. So, uh, this is from petmd.com. How yeah. to read your cat's tail language? Oh, see, this is great because I mean, cats are pretty expressive with their tails. So, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're expressive with their, with their ears and their eyes and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes their old tails get, uh, get a bit ignored. It's very hard to read too. They can be very hard. I'm always telling the kids, can't you see Olive swishing her tail? Gosh, she's not happy. She's not yeah. going to get, get bitten. You're going to get scratched. But that's not, Olive 95% not, of the time anyway. Yeah, so there's no, there's no real change. Excellent. And this, so this article is written by Dr. Gherkin. Oh, hello. You know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Alison Gherkin. Terrific. Lovely. Terrific. The, 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 the pickled cucumber. <laughs> Do you she's, that's, she's probably had that all her life. It's, uh, all of her life. Yeah. All of her life. Sorry, Alison. Sorry, all Alison. Life. We won't edit that out because I haven't got time. <laughs> uh, a, f- a familiar phrase claims that the eyes are the window to the soul. Oh, well, but in, that. But in cats, it's their tail position that provides the greatest insight into what a cat is feeling. Right. Loving it, Alison. Great stuff. Yeah. Cats use their tail movements along with their eyes, ears, and body postures to communicate. Understanding cat tail language will help you to better understand your cat. You can read your cat's body language, determine how they feel about particular interactions, and to identify the situations or environments that make your cat happy or cause fear. Reading the tail language of a cat can also help you identify illness and pain more readily. Right. These tips for understanding cat tail language will empower you to build a more loving, trusting, and fulfilling relationship with your cat. Well, um, at least get let, let let the human try and uh, and have a loving, fulfilling relationship with the cat. The cat's going to make its own mind up. True. 
True. Yeah. It's all on their terms, isn't it? hundred percent. They are on their own program. So then she says, why do cats wag their tails? Just like dogs. Aren't cats little dogs? Oh, generally, generally, yeah. especially, oh, yeah. especially yeah. with disease states. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Always. Cats move their tails to express their emotions. So what does it mean when a cat wags its tail? Let's look at the three different wagging. Sorry. Let's take a look at the different wagging tail movements and what they mean. Number one, thrashing tail movements. So swish, swish. Yes. That's yeah. great for a podcast, mate. No, it's, it's, um, oh. I was making enough noises. Swish. Yeah. Swish. Those flies are bad there. It's not not coming up saying you're playing music down your end. That's interesting. Thrashing tail movements. When your cat thrashes their tail or is thumping it on the ground, they are irritated, annoyed, or there's that word again, angry. Angry. This tells you that something is bothering your cat. This is a distance increasing behavior. In other words, if you are petting, patting your cat and they start thrashing their tail, they are trying to tell you to... Stop. Yes. Yeah. Cat off. Yes. If you don't, then the thrashing tail may be a prelude to hissing, growling, swatting, or biting. Very good. I like yeah. that. I tell the kids this. I've been telling them for 11 years with all. Yeah. How do you think they're going to go after this article? <laughs> think they'll start listening? <laughs> no. No. What? What? Are you joking, are you? Listening. <laughs> oh, oh. Twitching the end of the tail. Cats twitch the end of their tails when they are hunting and playing, as well as when they're mildly irritated and frustrated. And this is when cats become complicated. It's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, right. In this case, read the scene and look for other clues to their mood. If they're not playing or stalking something, then the twitching the tail movement probably means that they're a little annoyed. Yeah, right. Swishing tails. When your cat slowly swishes their tail from side to side, they may be intensely focused on something like a toy, another animal in the house, or something outside. They may be about to pounce. Engaging predatory behavior like stalking and pouncing is good enrichment for your cat. So let them continue to engage in whatever is captivating their attention. Unless, of course, it's uh, wildlife. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Intervene in, at inter- that point. Yeah. Endangered wildlife outside. Probably not enriching. Yeah, or good it, idea to catch. If, if it's a small bilby or something like that, intervene. Yes. A chocolate one. Give me Christmas. Chocolate, chocolate bilby. Yes. 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 Intervene then as well too. Absolutely. Ta- tail quivers. Your cat may quiver their tail when they're especially excited to see you or another cat. Sometimes when a cat quivers his tail while holding it straight up and backing up against a vertical surface, they may be urine marking. Yes. Yes. Yeah, when when Melvin does that up against the garden wall, we are di- we can distinctly tell that he is urinating because there is a big wet patch. And dingle, I say dingle. to him, Melvin, my strawberries don't need that. Please stop. <laughs> okay. Why do cats wrap their tails around you? Just as Ooh. we greet one and just as we greet one another with handshakes or hugs. Eh, not so much these days. No. Fist bumps, elbow bumps, maybe. Yep. Cats may may greet by curling their tails around people and by intertwining their tails with other cats. Tail wrapping is an affiliative behavior. So that means it causes it's sort of bond, causes bonding between um, cats, I suppose, that demonstrates a willingness to interact. So it helps uh, support that that uh, right. that bonding between between the cats. Isn't that interesting that they do that? Like, so for two cats to wrap their tails around each other, they actually have to pass face to face first 
you know, because it'd be sort of hard for a, yes, you know, yes. so, so, so it must be a, one of those things, well, we've gone through the, the initial preparatory stage of getting to know each other. And so, okay, now we're ready to try and wrap tails. Mm, yeah, well, I think obviously the classic one is for us when you're standing there and they want to be fed and they, you know, wrap around your legs and yep. sort of wrap their tail around your legs. But they do have it. There is a scent gland uh, on, right on the very sort of the base of the tail, where the, not the tip of the tail, the base of the tail. That, so that's yep. possibly what they may be rubbing some pheromones onto us to create a familiar scent as well. That's, that's a real possibility. Um, so what does it mean when a cat's tail stands straight up? When a, cat's been tail, electrocuted. when a cat's tail is upright, they're feeling social and confident and approaching in a friendly manner. And often that's a sort of, uh, the, they've got a little hook on the top of it as well, like a yeah. question mark tail, it's called that one. Um, this cat uh, tail language indicates a friendly greeting between cats and is how kittens greet their mothers. A research study by Cameron Beaumont in 1997 found that cats were willing to readily approach a cat-shaped silhouette if it had a rails tail but were reluctant to approach the silhouette if it had a lowered tail. Interesting. Right. If your cat approaches you with their tail up, this is a good time to pet them or play with them. What does a tail in a uh, what does a tail in a question mark or hook shape mean? Oh, I must have read it ahead. That they have a question. Mm, maybe. You may notice that sometimes your cat tail looks like a question mark. It stands upright and curls at the end. This cat tail language indicates your cat is happy and approaching amicably, so friendly. Seeing your cat tail in this position is invitation to interact with your cat. However, while it's tempting to pet, while it is tempting to pat the curly tip tail, most cats prefer to be pat around their facial glands on their cheeks, under their chin, and next to the ears. That's very, very true. And the classic, classic one is Olive. Is she'll come up and meet my dad yeah. when he comes over to our house, rubbing her head on him, and then proceed to flop on the ground on on uh, on her side. And my dad often sees that as Olive wanting to be patted. On her yeah, stomach, right. which no, she does not. No, she, she does not. My dad, and then my yeah. dad says she's aggressive. It's like, well, she didn't really want to be touched there, dad. She, anyway, that's uh, that's an aside. But thanks, dad, for the article earlier, and also the yeah. listening. To- <laughs> Why do cats fluff up their tails? If your cat assumes the quintessential Halloween cat posture with a puffed tail and arch back, then they're startled or frightened by a sudden severe threat. Your cat's hair stands on end, pilo erection. So they can appear to be larger. This is a defensive reaction indicating your cat wishes to be left alone. This tail position is often triggered by feeling threatened by other animals in the yard, dogs approaching, visitors in the home, or sudden noises. Moving the inciting triggers to decrease your cat's stress. If you try to interact with your cat when the hair is standing up, they may perceive your approach as a threat and become aggressive. Mm. So like a redirected aggression, definitely. What if your cat's tail is held low to the ground? A cat may lower their tail below the level of their back if they are frightened or anxious. If your cat's tail is tucked between their legs, then they are really scared or may be experiencing pain. Right. Why do cats curl their tails around their bodies? If your cat is sitting or lying down with the tail wrapped around their body, then they are frightened, defensive, in pain, or feeling unwell. When you see this, end your interaction with your cat. Ensure that your cat's environment is free of stresses. If your cat frequently crouches with their tail curled tightly around their body for more than a few days, then an evaluation by a veterinarian is wanted to rule out pain or illness. Mm. Although you should look at more than just their tail movements, to fully understand your cat's emotional state, the tail may be the most expressive part of a cat's body language. 
Better understanding your cat's body language will surely improve your bond with your cat. Oh, I love it. That's a great good article. article. Yeah, that yeah. very good. Thank you very much, the pickled cucumber. That's great. Yes. Yeah, Ellison Ellison Gherkin. Yes. Thank you From, very much, she, Alison. She's a clinical behavior resident, so knows her stuff. Yeah, really absolutely, stuff. and and yeah. Uh, and can uh, eloquently put it onto uh, into words too. Um, Excellent. So, uh, if if any of the listeners out there, uh, you know, have, have see their cats doing um, funny tail movements, uh, why not uh, why not send us an email at uh, two vets talk pets at gmail.com or uh, send us hit us up on on Patreon or at, at the Facebook or the or the Instagram or anything like that. Why not get in touch and tell us what your cats seem to uh, seem to try and do? Um, but I reckon that's um, that all sounds pretty good to me so uh, i see melvin in particular doing that and parker does too actually comes like if we're sitting down he'll come and curl that tail up around our legs or he'll you know sort of hook hook it around particularly yeah, particularly at meal time too mm, yeah yeah and the meow did you know the meow they give uh, cats when cats meow at us that is exclusively for us yes it's not they don't meow at other cats uh in the same manner of you know the, the sort of the meow of i want food or i want your attention <laughs> Yeah. Well, that sounds aggressive, but aggressive. more like more like not like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. like a, oh, a petrol fuel blowfire. I'll be honest with you, Parker does seem aggressive sometimes if he's hungry and he hasn't been fed, and he does mm. give us that 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 that. Meow. I think mm. I don't think it's I don't think it's full aggression, but there'd certainly be a percentage of it. Really important to reward that by giving him food because, yeah, then next time he'll be more aggressive and then no, that'll work really well. It's yeah. a, and, and, and that's the reason top why tip. I ignore him. That's the reason why he doesn't like me. <laughs> that's top tip from the from the two vets talk pets this week. All right, guys. So I think that's a wrap. If, yeah, certainly if you've got any questions, get onto us on the socials or the, or the email or get onto Patreon um, and, and support us if you want to. Uh, Robbie's off to a, uh, a fifth birthday party this afternoon, aren't you, mate, or something? Or, yeah, you're off to the footy. Off to the footy, yeah. Rubes has taken nice. off to the top, off to uh, the thing. But I'm going to go and watch, uh, go watch my nephew play out at uh, Marble Stadium at the halftime extravaganza of Auskick. Very nice, fantastic. Alrighty, guys, scratch you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.